podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. We're so excited you decided to join us. Um, make sure you go over and leave those five-star reviews. If you like this, go over and listen to our other podcasts like the 5-Minute Basketball Coaching Podcast or High School Hoops or Funnel Down Defense or Coaching Youth Hoops or whatever uh, whatever one of the seven in our, in our network that you would like to listen to. Uh, but before we jump in, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. They are always, what I love about Dr. Dish is they're always innovating. They're always making that a little bit better and that's what that's why i think they're the best machine out there we like i've said before we own three of them and i would not be talking about them every day if i did not believe in them mention coach unplugged they'll give you 450 dollars off and they'll give you a one customer service and then also what what helps keep the lights on what helps keep everything moving is teachhoops.com um it's for coaches who want to get better it is a one-stop shop buy a basketball coach for a basketball coach um, you know, I'm always working with my team 365 days a year, working on making us better. And I want to do the same thing for you. I'm giving you resources, one-on-one calls, office hours, a roadmap per se that will help you uh, become a better coach. And we offer a 14-day free trial because I believe you should come in and kick the tires around and see if it's right for you. If it's not, that's fine. Um, but I, I guarantee that you're going to love it. All right, let's head off to the podcast. Right. Um, you know, I, my first year, I, I think I had TJ Tibbs as the assistant coach at Baruch College at the time. Um, I had Todd Jamison was one of the best high school coaches in New York City at Nazareth High School. Um, Nolan Adams was the head coach at BMCC, you know, Manhattan Community College coming off a, a league championship. Um, people you know, want to help, though. I have found that. I mean, people want to help other coaches. It's like we're yeah. all working together. And I, and, and, I, and I did it as much as I do it as a fundraiser. Um, for our program and that's I guess contributed to you know these are you know you saw our initial jerseys uh, showed you before these are the the newer jerseys I got the following year and these are sublimated and then you see the nice logo right there on the shorts and it's also on the stand and um, so like I guess that kind of contributed but I also did it because there's not a lot you said before there's not more of that in New York City and there probably should be Um, and and I think that contributes to a to um, why New York City basketball is not as good. And why do you think that is? I, do you, is it gym space? Is it gym space? Like people can't find spots to do it? To run a clinic? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if people don't want to organize it or, or don't see the video of it. You'll, you'll find a lot of, a lot of coaches, and, and I'm sure this could be said of Wisconsin or any other state, um, they think that they know a lot more about, about <laughs> basketball than they do. And, um, I think that's because, like, They've won bad, you know, big thing right. in New York City. They're hood tournaments. You play in the hood, and the refs aren't real, and right. the basketball is atrocious. They're just hood tournaments. And, um, you know, I played in them growing up, and that definitely fostered my competitiveness and, and definitely get helped me get ready to play high school and college basketball because, like, you know, it forced me to play a different style or, or get used to playing against a different style, things like that. But, like, there's no not necessarily a translation. Um, and there's no translation to the college game. Like, right, but yeah, even in high school, I've had, you know, 
you know, my, my sister, I have a, a younger sister who, who comes to our, my games a lot because she's a lawyer right around the corner. And, you know, um, she was at a game and, and one time, like one of someone involved with one of my players, like his summer coach was like bad mouthing me or something like that. And right. I don't care. Like, yeah. what does he know about basketball? Know. My like, wife heard, my wife heard that at one of our games is like one of the, it's like, why do you listen to that? I like, I don't uh, listen to it. Like it, I, doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't uh, bother me but at that all. That kind of stuff, that kind of stuff will, will come up often. And I think because of that, like coaches aren't willing to educate themselves. And so that was a cool thing that I, I think happened through my clinic is that like, you know, my first year I, I did a lot of the legwork by myself, you know, in terms of marketing it in and, right. and, and emailing, blast emailing people and getting ignored and all that. I felt like a, a Jehovah's Witness and the doors slammed in my face a lot. Right. I, had, I had coaches email me back with like the most like disrespectful. Un- if you don't want to come, just don't answer the email. Like, don't say like, oh, I've been coaching this amount of years and here's what I've done. Like, I got a couple emails like that. I looked up the guy's record. He was like 60 games under 500. Like, maybe you should come to the clinic. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but one of the, the first year, one of the um, – TJ Tibbs, really good friend of mine. He's the head coach of college at Staten Island. They just transitioned to Division II um, from the CUNYAC, the same league I played. We played against each other in college and coached against each other. Um, he did a, a footwork drill he, he got from um, John Bayline. He called it uh, he calls it under the rope. I'm sure you guys have seen it before. Yeah. Basically, four lines, everyone drive together, land simultaneous, yep. work on jump stopping and, and two-foot um, landing and pivoting and things like that. And my first year, like, you know, we, we, I knew how to do that stuff, but I never really thought about teaching that kind of things. You know what I mean? Right. I guess in my head, they had more important things they needed to learn. Yeah. And I saw, I saw TJ do it um, the, you know, October going into my second year. And I saw that. And, and often at my clinic, I don't get a chance to watch it. Right. Cause you're I'm running around like a chicken. Right. I'm running around, I'm doing registration. I'm making sure the camera's set up, whatever yeah. it is. And, but for whatever reason, I got like a three minute window. Where I was sitting there talking to our coach and watching. It was like, like, we need to do this. Right. We went to do that every day. We, that's how we started practice every day. That's what and, I tell coaches that go to those clinics too. I mean, I'm going to go to the clinic and I'm going to walk out of there with three or four things. I'm not going to walk out of there with 50 things, but I'm going to walk right. out with like that or something else. And then that's what I'm, that's why I'm going. So it's the, like, the, there's the one clip I, I guess would be the best one I can show for that. Yeah. It's this, um, I'll, I'll start sharing again. Like, okay. But that's what I mean. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to come when this whole thing dies down, I'll come down. I'll come. Co- I, I can stay at my brother's place. I'll come. I don't know how long it'll take me to get from where his place is to yours, but I'll send you, I usually, you know, cause I, I'm, so, I'm so thankful of, of people. Uh, It'd be fun. Speaking at the clinic and stuff like that, I, I try to, I really try to tell them, like, listen, like, there's a really good pizzeria around the corner. I got you. Like, I'll get you some food. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, my brother's a foodie, too. He lives in New Hampshire. He's got a place in New York. He's a foodie. There's so much good food in New York. It's crazy. So you can see this? Yeah. All right. So this is the same gym we saw before. So one thing about this gym is, like, this is uh, the, the charter school that there's actually really want to blow your minds. There's two of these, this exact gym in the same building. It's a charter school. In, um, the Crown Heights section of Brooklyn, and one side of the building. Where do they get the size to do this thing? I think Where? it used to be like a warehouse. Okay. Something like that. The building is gorgeous. Like not just their gym, but this is this is achievement first. So they're they're on the fourth floor, and the, there's an identical gym to on the second floor. So this is actually this the, where the um, New York City holds their uh, their PSA holds the A and B 
quarterfinals and semifinals because they just put the A division in one gym and the B division in another, and you can go to games all day. It's like a college recruiter's dream, to be honest. Oh, my God, that's awesome. You're seeing eight games in – I mean, this looks like a gym you'd see in the Midwest. Most gyms in the Midwest would probably – if they were this big, would probably have seating on the base. It's enormous. But... It's, in, it's the entire floor. They have a nice weight section over there, and I'm extremely jealous. And I'll show you a cup of our gym. Our, we have a nice gym. I'm not complaining at all. Yeah, your gym's nice. I like your gym. Your gym's got a little character to it. This looks like a, just a box, yeah. This is uh, – so this is like the like a quintessential possession of like – this is actually the year after we went to the Final Four. But, you know, when I, when I spoke earlier about um, the splitting the gyms, right, splitting right. the team into two sides of the gym, you know, this young man over here was a senior at this point. His sophomore year – was the first year in the program. He never played. Right. He was definitely on the on the 11th or 20th yeah. side of the gym. And then his junior year, he was probably like – he could have been 11, he could have been 9, he could have been 13, depending on how he was doing. Right. But senior year, he started every game. Right. And there's absolutely no way he would have started every game as a senior if he wasn't with us as a sophomore and a junior. There's right, because he needed to learn, yeah. Right. And he's – I mean, even here, he's 5'8", 126 pounds. Right. But he shot the crap out of the ball. Um, but this is a really good possession that just kind of spoke to like, you know, we're kind of an uncommon New York City PSEL team in terms of like, we get the guys to believe we move the ball. Do you, do you see a lot of zone? Oh, and tons of zone. And like, you see the two foot jump stops, the patience, you know, like that kind of stuff. You seem to get really Why excited. do you think you see a lot of zone? Because nobody wants to teach man to man. Uh, either they don't, either they don't know how to. That was a leading question. If I was a lawyer, that was a leading question. Yeah, I but I was ready. I was ready for it. I jumped all over it. <laughs> I'm going. It's because it takes time to teach man. Like I can um, throw anybody into it, two, three. Uh, and then you know, this kind of circles back to I wanted to show if anyone who watches or listens to this, I want them to at least be able to steal a couple, you know, plays. And um, you know, the, you can just send me a message and say that it worked because. Uh, right. Um, so we run a lot of our stuff out of uh, this side box, our baseline out of bounds. Yep. And I'm big on, like, I like things that look different. Like, you don't see it often. You might not know how to guard it. don't know what we're doing. Um, you know, this year, this year we had still only put in, my first year when we went to the Final Four, we only had, really had this play out of um, the side box. And then we put a couple in it. By this, this past season, I think we had, like, four or five out of the same alignment so that you couldn't sit on that one play. But um, this is a really quick out-of-bounds um, And it works all the time. I've, that, that Him getting the ball there, and I, and I saved two different clips, doesn't happen often. We usually get it. Usually get it higher. The screen, well, the screener in the middle, I like that. There's, there's I like no, that. But they're not, it's not a screen. It's an exchange. Okay. But this is, this is where we usually get it. This is the, this is the final four year. Um, our first final four year, and uh, I would I would say that we probably scored on this play, uh, maybe like forty to fifty points throughout the season. Quick, they almost and, look like they're in man to man here. Exchange layup, and we get that all the time. And then, um, and I could I could pull that up on faster if you wanted to see it or. Yeah, you send me that on fast draw. I'll have you send that to me on fast draw. I'll put it in the show notes for the people. This is the same game, different play. Same alignment, and they, I, I guess I screen recorded at the wrong time. But they start in that same side box. And then we get that pop out a lot. 
And you get the three. Yeah, and then we get this a lot. Same thing. He's just getting out of the way. That's um, the problem with the zone, too, because they're not handing anybody off. They're just standing in their spots. Yeah, and then, you know, this is another one. Like I said, if I had thought about it more. Um, and one thing I try to do, the one play is called um, Georgetown because the day we put it in, my assistant coach was wearing Georgetown shorts, and that's what we came up with. We needed a college. But the right. other one, one is St. Joe's. Is okay. one, of my, one of my best friends coaches at St. Joseph's College in Brooklyn. And uh, one of my other best friends coaches at York, and um, okay. you know we named it we named it over there too. What um so let let's let's go on to some questions I have. So um, how would you describe your coaching philosophy? I, I feel like it, it it all stems from you know I've been around basketball since I was young. I was you know third second third grade, and um, I just want them to know that you know one I that it's about more than basketball, which is the most important thing. And it's easy to say, harder to prove. Um, I think you'll find a lot that um, a lot of people, a lot of people in New York city, they don't, or in general, there are a lot of coaches who, who want to use kids to win basketball games and they don't care about the person behind it and um, or how they're doing in school or what they want to do and what's going on in their life. And, you know, I think that can be seen a lot of kids from, at least in our area, they don't qualify coming out of, to to you know accept the scholarship or go, even go to good schools. Right. Um, so it's about more than basketball. We the one thing that we did I, I, each year, I, I tried to have a theme. I don't think we had it. Um, we didn't really develop until like towards the playoffs of my first year. Like we needed like I, I forget how it came up, man. I'm sure I had three senior girl managers. My uh, or they were juniors the first year, but I had the same managers for two years in a row, and they were like our team mothers, for me, <laughs> for me included. And they would probably remember the exact story. But um, something happened, and the kid was like, I'm trying. I was like, it's not good enough. Like, I need you to give everything. And, you know, and that just clicked, and that just became what we said in huddles. Huddles. And um, every, we had it on a shirt at the end of the year. And going into the second year, that was like the theme. Um, and then, you know, I don't really remember what it was. And this year, for this year, it was like we we had to be different. Um, you know, we we had we had going to last year. Last year, going to this year, we had one of the best guards in the city. He was in that clip with the um, the small court. Um, he averaged twenty seven points a game. Um, fought, probably you know he did he led us in every category. Was he? he where's he? Where's he going? He's at. Uh, he played his first year at Hudson Valley Community College. Okay. Um, and uh, he was actually that first college player. We had a couple of kids who were on the Final Four team the, the, my second year that could have played in college. And um, one of them, I think, got hurt right before tryouts. So he was supposed to be a preferred walk-on at St. John Fisher. And another one just decided not to try out. It wasn't for him. Right. Um, you know, they didn't go to the schools that I wanted them to go to. Like, the best <laughs> situation for them, basketball and school-wise. You know what okay. I mean? They're all doing well, which is what's most important to me. Yeah. Um, Sometimes schools speak to you, yeah. Um, yeah, the opportunity to get out, get out of the city draws a lot of kids in. And SLJ does such a good job of getting kids um, to teaching them how to advocate for themselves and, and, and their college readiness. Like a kid that going to St. John Fisher is going for free. St. John right. Fisher makes right. $70,000 a year. Well, that's what people don't understand with the schools. My son's going to Middlebury. It's cheaper than going to the school that's five miles away. And then the school's like 80000 I mean, there's schools out there that have a lot of money. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> So Isaiah, he went to Hudson Valley Community College, um, and he had an opportunity to, to go to a couple of different schools. 
he had some uh, some personal issues at the end of junior year. His grades didn't finish up the way he should have. Um, but uh, he had a really good year as a as a freshman. He um, started every game as in college, and that was most proud. Like something that I think speaks to like the, at least the quality of our program. Like you know, he's not a scholarship player, maybe a Division two kid in a couple of years, but probably going to have a good Division three career. But like he was ready to play college basketball from the day he got there. Right, and, and, and that's the kicker. Like, right. Um, there's no, there's, I, that, that people irritate me when they talk. Division three basketball is good basketball. Oh, especially out where you guys are. You guys in Wisconsin, the D three teams can be D one teams. Oh, they're and they're and they're and we don't have any. We have one D two program. So basically, our D threes are like D twos. They're so right. good. They're so yeah. good. Yeah, it's incredible. I've seen tape, but um, yeah, yeah. Well, look at who's look at Dick Bennett and Bo Ryan. Both started at D three coaches in our in our state, and then in right. coaching um, Wisconsin. Yeah. And then, you know, I, his, his player I'm referring to, his name is Isaiah, he, he texted me in, in the beginning of his, probably his like second year preseason, he's like, thank you for being so hard on me. Like, I understand why now. Right. He's like, because like, I have kids on this team that they don't get it. Yeah. Where they're coming from, who coached them. No one did. So what do you think, what do you think's the easiest part of the, or, and the hardest part about coaching in New York, New York City? NYC. What's the easiest thing and what's the hardest thing? (laughs) Can it be the same answer? Sure. I mean, Uh, I guess I've I've never had anybody answer it that way. The thing is, uh, everybody wants to play basketball, and (laughs) the hardest thing is everybody thinks they can play basketball. (laughs) They think they can play basketball. That's the difference. Um, Yeah, yeah, I think it's just a. there's so many people in the city and so many schools and it's oversaturated. And um, so I, the easiest thing is like, it's uh, like I said, generally people, you know, they, they want to play. And, and that is, but at the same time, it's the hard thing is getting them to understand at least where I'm at. And, but you can say this about the teams that win the, the, the highest division in the city basketball every year. Like, they don't know what they don't know. And, you know, they think that they're ready and they're not. And that's why often the kids that have come out of the city and generally speaking over the last, let's say since I left college, last eight years, haven't done extremely well in college right away because they might not have been prepared to play college basketball from a IQ standpoint, a physical standpoint, um, just a maturity. Yeah. It it surprises me. There haven't been more guys from New York city. Like, yeah, I mean, but a lot, a lot of the best players from the New York City, New Jersey area, they leave. They go to these, they go to these schools somewhere else. And yeah, they go to the prep schools, and then they're not. Yeah, the, New and, York City kids. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Obi Toppin is a New York City kid. I didn't even know that. Right. Um, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know that at all because he's been gone so long. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, I never thought about that. That that makes a lot more sense. Um, hey, is there one coaching moment, a good one or a bad one that would that we could dive into that might help our listeners. Um, it can be good. It can be bad. Doesn't matter. Like a teachable moment is what I refer to it as. Well, the best. I mean, I find that the best things that have happened that I've I've experienced as a, especially as a head coach um, was that the the moments that like show you why you're doing it. Um, and I remember. My my fresh my freshman year. I think one of them you already explained with the with the with the um, cups. That's one. That's a moment. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. But this one, uh, after my first year, um, 
the uh, it was actually like two days after we lost in that tough playoff game up in up in the Bronx, and uh, the kid was a senior that year, and it was the first year I met him. He had been on the team for two years. He failed off both years, uh, his sophomore and his junior year. And that was one thing I was super, like, you're students first. And, and again, that's one of those things, easy to say, harder to do. Yeah. But, um, you know, we come in, we have study hall every day. And, and like, I, I tell them all the time, like, I, I, I'm passionate about it and I love you guys at the same time. Like, I'm about I'm about business. So they, they would come in and they would put their, their, their first their first thing they did at, at study hall was they take their phone and they put it on my desk and they, they take a laptop or they take their work they get right to work like you're here to do work before practice like i don't have to be here until 5 30 i'm i don't get paid for uh, study hall time i'm just there i was there for them um, right and then i was i worked really hard with this one kid who probably didn't get the support he needed when he was initially starting out as a student in middle school and, and never learned how to study and things like that and um after we lost in the playoffs that year, he sent me a, like a three pages long text. And this is the original iPhones when the letters were too big and the, the text went on forever. Um, and I, he talked about how he, this is the best year of his life. And it had everything to do with basketball and nothing to do with basketball at the same time. Um, that he never had somebody that cared about, like about him, like I did and, and held them accountable. Um, he, he apologized because the, we always talk about like I'm big on naming things. We we call our we call our the basket. We call it Mama. Like right. we, we want to protect Mama. That kind of thing. Like, if I, I've heard the basket called the White House and whatever it is, but we always call the Mama. He's like you know he ended up giving up the layup on the side of line out of bounds play that lost the game. He's like you know you told me all year about protect the Mama and and I didn't do it and I'm sorry, but this is the best year of my life because um, I didn't fail off. I was there every day. Um, my mom cried. She never thought I was going to get accepted to college. And, you know, that kind of thing spoke to me. Right. Um, those are those are the moments. All right. So I'm going to go through. One more, though. Okay. okay. A warning. Um, I think that as a young coach, one of my issues, I was immature as a, as a college coach to, an, to a certain extent. I came into a situation where, like, um, my, I played right away. I played and then I coached right away. And, um, you know, I'm not sure how it is in Wisconsin. A lot, of, a lot of the coaching positions here, even in the, even college are part-time. So my college coach was a, at that time was a middle school history teacher. Um, and he was doing that for 20 years, teaching middle school history and coaching college basketball. Really? Uh, yeah. A lot of, uh, no, it's a full-time gig here, man. If you're a, a college coach, you might do a little class at the college, but you're a right. here. Uh, some of the coaches in, in, in the CUNY Act throughout my time have been like assistant athletic director or right. something like that. They had a secondary title. But the athletics was their secondary title, basically. Um, so, you know, for whatever reason, my college coach, like, he started going through some things. He wasn't around as much. And he's one of my mentors. I talk to him every day. I love him. Uh, he taught me a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot about life in basketball, but he had, you know, things going on and, the other assistant coaches weren't um, around as much as, you know, as I was, cause I was young. I didn't have as many responsibilities and, you know, I, I became very, it became like a power struggle between me and, and, and one of the assistant coaches who, who was my assistant coach when I played. And I became very like, well, I did this and, you know, not bragging, but like, like defending myself. Um, like these are my recruits or whatever the case was. Right. I, I think that, 
I, um, I wasn't prepared for that. I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. Um, and you know, and I think I wore a big chip on my shoulder when I didn't get the coaching job after my coach stepped down and, you know, like, I'll show you kind of thing. I'm ready. And it, I wasn't, I wasn't. You weren't ready. ready. And I, the first one I didn't get, I thought I was ready too. I just remember how, oh. yeah, I think that I would have handled it fine. But right. Like, um, I, I definitely wasn't. You'd be better now if you were, took it now. Oh like, yeah. Without, yeah. without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Um, but like, I just, I, I would speak cautiously to, you know, cautiously to young coaches or coaches who are just getting into it about, you know, being where your feet are. Um, and, and not really um, feeling the need to defend your every action, just kind of letting your, 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 what you're doing talk and kind of be a little bit more humble. And, um, and, I, and I've never been a, someone who brags or boasted or anything like that. It's just looking back now, I realized like as I could have done a lot. I could have handled myself differently than I did. Um, right. And I think that that came from a, just like uh no i think that i mean i think that's great i mean you basically just you you the last question of every podcast you just answered so we won't we won't leave it there but i always ask what would you say to your younger self what would you that's yeah, always that my was, last that question. was me basically talking to myself yeah no 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 but that's but that's but that's that would be that i think that's pertinent all right so i'm going to ask you go through my rapid fire here um what's your favorite brand of basketball the actual well, ball you use wilson evolution i like uh, that's the one i shoot best with and does the city use that or anybody can use anything. You can, yeah, you can use it. You can use the ball from Space Jam if it's all you got. Um, it's, I'm telling you, you guys outside of New York City are not prepared for the wild, wild west that is New York City basketball. Like they make okay. it, it might be an orange, like outdoor ball. Yeah, we've we've played with some bad, and and a lot of schools don't provide you with basketballs when you get there, and um, yeah, you have to bring your own, or you only get one, um, and then. Uh, <laughs> The last couple of years, you know, I start, I stopped letting the other team warm up with good basketballs. I gave them like the gym class basketballs to warm up with them. I kept our, our, I kept our basketballs for ourselves because like other teams are treating us so badly. And then I felt bad and I circled back, but I did that a couple of times. Um, That's crazy. That's like the, it is the wild west. It's uh, nuts, man. You don't understand. <laughs> One word to describe your ideal player. Um, tough. Okay. If you go to one sporting event in the world, what would you go to and why? World Cup. And right. uh, just like the passion, I don't think could be. It's crazy. Else. I mean, I traveled Europe with my brother and we were in Italy when it was in Italy. And Pete, you can't describe it to Americans. It's like the town, it literally, you could have robbed every house at that point. Like, Yeah, I would love, like, you know, I've always wanted to, to, to be in that kind of environment. Like even like, or being somewhere like Texas with like a Friday night football game or something. Yeah, like that. high school football in Texas or yeah, Indiana like, basketball. Yeah. I remember I just like my, one of my, my uh, one of my uncles lives in um, basically right outside of Orlando, Florida, and uh, I just missed like opening weekend of that high school uh, uh, season one year, and I was upset because I I know that they get into it, but not like Texas, but like kind of like you know you something. You Florida can- Florida football is a real deal too. It is. Uh, what's your favorite pregame meal? I mean, our, our games are at 4.30 a lot of times. I'm not even eating. Between the, <laughs> okay. What's your I post-game meal? Post-game meal. If I, I, I could choose one, I'm going to, to the pizza place around the corner from St. Thomas. Lenny and John's pizza. Only their slices are good. Their pies aren't very good, but their individual slices are And why good. is that? I have absolutely no idea. It's just what they're actually known for. It. It's like a, it was a big um, 
you know, Flappage Avenue is like the long, I think it's the second longest street in Brooklyn. A lot of people don't understand how big Brooklyn is. Um, people that like have never been to New York right. City. Like Brooklyn is almost as big as Manhattan. Like Brooklyn yeah. is like eight miles long. Okay. Um, so it's like enormous. Um, and Flappage Avenue goes from all the way in South Brooklyn to the Manhattan Bridge, which is like five blocks past the Barclay Center. Right. So I grew up right there on Flappage, like in the middle of all that, in Flappage Avenue. And, um, and it's a big, big, sh- back when they originally opened, there was a big stretch of bars there. And it became like, they would stay open to like four in the morning and just hand over. They've remodeled their place just based on all the money they made. And I don't know why they're so famous for their individual sizes being That's way just- better than their pies. It's just what they do. Oh, wow. Um, uh, one skill not being taught in today's game. Footwork. Okay. One thing you do to relax. It's obviously not running. It was, I actually, for someone who doesn't run, I, I've, I've run and I'm really out of shape. I'm like 25 pounds past my playing weight. Uh, I ran like an 820 mile, which I think is all right. Well, that's pretty good. That's good. For someone who doesn't run. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing I do to relax, uh, I, I started, I wish I had gotten into it earlier. Um, I started listening to podcasts. Um, like when I was at the, on the, uh, the elliptical at the gym or something like that, like big thing we didn't really touch on. Like, I think what really helped was, uh, kind of finding what I liked in other people's practices and, and, and making it my own. And, and also, um, you know, taking it from it, like a big, uh, I like basketball immersion. I don't know if you're familiar with Chris yep. Oliver and how yep. he teaches. And we did a lot of that stuff. Actually, if I could share one more thing, I kind of incorporated something that we did in practice for decision-making. I think it's pretty cool. Um, but listen to podcasts, video games, walk my dog. I have a, I've, I've been, I have a six year old cycle of a dog that's somewhere around here. Um, but, uh, just basic, I, I've always been, like I said before, I don't, I don't really know what it's like to not have a basketball season. So it's kind of always been like the drive. That's gonna, yeah. Hopefully you have one next year. Uh, what's one coaching technique you consider important? Not, uh, not over coaching, not, not over coaching, I guess would be, I don't know what that technique. Would be. I, I think that's a good, I think that's good. I tried to do too much when I was, you know, yeah, you know what I mean? Like now it's it's way easier to kind of like stay in the same I think moderation's the key. I think I think what I think what Oliver does is great with basketball immersion, but you can't do game based practices the whole time. Like right. you you yeah, can't make... but I also can really see why it helped. I, I also think that you I don't think people play enough in practice, if that makes well, sense. Well, I, I mean, I've always done that. I've always had enough playing. I've always had enough five-on-five five and skill. I mean, the problem is you need a moderation because especially with your guys, I got te- I to gotta, I gotta at some point leave that, and I got to teach them the footwork. I have to teach them because, yeah. again, they, they don't have the skill set. It's like I'm not going to teach them calculus if they don't know algebra. Yeah, um, and we didn't I, – I think that, you know, when I circle back to what TJ did with the footwork drill at the clinic, like, something so simple i remember yep. i remember uh we, we didn't get no one different was on that team we didn't get that much better the like, kids got older but like, you know we didn't get that much better it was just like we got better at the little things that people don't value like stopping uh one word to describe your coaching style intense okay uh, one book you'd recommend? Ooh, basketball related or otherwise? One book. Uh, one book. 
The Lone, Lone Survivor was a really good book. I like that. I like that one. That's a great book. It was way better than the movie. And uh, I like the, if I was going to go sports with it, I like the Stuart Scott book too. Yeah, I listened to Lone Survivor on uh, on Audible. It was great. Um, any parting words, Coach? Because you took my last question. My last question is, what would you always say to your younger self? You kind of answered that already. Um, any uh, parting words for the listeners? I'll put all this stuff in the show notes and the stuff he was talking about. And yeah, and, and, if, and if anybody stuff. wanted to reach out to me, yep. um, my Instagram is at Coach Bichet, and we can take all that stuff. Parting words is just, like, you know, be intentional about what you're doing. Um, I, I always talked about, tell the guys that in whatever you're doing, be intentional. Like don't just do it to, for the sake of doing it. Like know why you're doing it or, or find your why in doing it. Um, and like, that's, that was big. Like, and, and I think that was something that I, when I got into a rant with the player from before, like we had lost, no one expected us to, to have a good season this year. Cause we had lost such an important part of our, our team from last year. And, right. you know, and we, we had a couple of new kids just happen to come into the school, but I think the most part is that we grew and we were intentional about how we got there every day in practice. And we struggled early on. We lost some games we should have won. And then, you know, the coronavirus killed the city championship run. But it's, it's the process. So that's what I would say to the younger coaches too. It's literally about the process. Yeah. Don't, don't, you know, my college coach always taught us when, when you're a pressing team, you can't get upset when you give up a layup. Right. You know, know, it's going to happen. Like just know how you're going to get, know what you're, what you're striving for in your end game before like you, you give up on something and know how you're going to change it in the future. Thanks coach. I appreciate it. I'm going to, Hey everybody. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, make sure you like it. Um, go over and check out our other podcasts, high school hoops, teacher side gig, and then uh, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports social podcast network.